This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the director and writer for Suzume, Makoto Shinkai. I know everyone keeps asking you about Mm. focusing on natural disasters in this. They've shown up in all your work Mm. to date, but this is the most explicitly about, this film is about an earthquake. Yes. So tell me a little bit about kind of really explicitly making the decision to focus Mm. on the 2011 earthquake here. Reference to it with the 3.11. 
And of course, there is a wide array of opinions, even among the Japanese movie-going audience. So I had a very wide range of reactions. Some said, you know, it's still too soon. Like, why did you make this film? Others said, this is the film that we needed to kind of come to terms with the with the disaster. <laughs> And I mean, if that's satisfactory, great. If you want to kind of add on or dig a little deeper, I'm open to either either way. No, that that's a very good answer. <laughs> This does kind of tie into the earthquake question, though. A lot of the film is splint exploring abandoned locations <laughs> across Japan, <laughs> amusement parks, schools, yeah. places <laughs> that used to be full of life and are now abandoned. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about. Kind of the exploration of the abandoned parts of Japan in this okay. film. Okay. Hmm. Ah, no. Japan. 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 How it is in, in the US, but there is a very clear indication surrounding us that our population is shrinking and the country is in some ways、uh, becoming smaller, and we feel that in, in our daily lives in many ways. So, this was my exploration of what the future of Japan might look and what these abandoned locations、uh, might be visually. And、uh, the school, the abandoned school that you see, the amusement park, these actually exist in, in Japan. And even in my own hometown, there's an elementary school that's been abandoned. And in some instances,、uh, entire towns or villages, like the Onsen town, where it didn't have enough customers, it,、uh, it's abandoned. So I wanted to take these locations and then have an adventure in them.、Yeah. Well, one thing I love about this film is your last two films, I think, were very firmly kind of set in Tokyo. This is all over Japan.、Yeah. It's a travelogue of Japan.、Yes. So tell me a little bit about getting to. As an animation director,、うん、creates so much、うん、of the country this time. So, this is a matter of fact, I was told that the Hong Kong and 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 The epicenter was the Tohoku region of Japan, but it was clear that it wasn't a very just localized incident, and in some way the effect permeated through the entire country. So I thought I couldn't make this film without at least acknowledging and depicting that. And、uh, my past two films have been Tokyo and, and, and Tokyo, so I thought there wouldn't be enough visual differentiation or forms of expression that we haven't explored. In the past two films, and it might look quite similar. So, I, we expanded our locations、uh, across the entire country, going from all the way from Kyushu through Shikoku to give that kind of visual reference. So, one thing I noticed in this film、mm. is that the visuals are incredibly dynamic and cinematic in、mm. a live action sort of way. Mm. Mm. You recreate all kinds of camera movement, almost like steady cam、mm. footage. You have these 360 sweeping shots.、Yeah. There's time lapse photography. It's just a very visually dynamic film. You recreate a lot of live action camera tricks. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about creating this just almost in camera dynamism for a film that is fully animated. Okay. 
、まあ、スズメの戸締まりというのは、スズメに限らず僕の作品というのは、日本の伝統的な。In, in my view, taking simply that techniques and using only what the tradition has explored thus far wouldn't really give it、uh, an extra visual layer, so to speak. It would make it very kind of simple and, and abstract in some ways.、Uh, so I wanted to make sure that throughout the film, it, the audience wasn't,、uh, you know.まずこの映画のスタートはあの震災だったんですよね東日本大震災それを映画の中で描きたいと思いましたただそれを描くだけだとどうしてもこう雰囲気が暗く重い映画になってしまうというふうに思ったんですね、uh, なので the onset of this project it was clear we were going to take head on the 2011、uh, great east japan earthquake in, in this film and doing that In, a, in the most simplistic way, would have turned the film to something very dark, and to, we needed comical elements. And it was important that we had a character whose simple existence in and of itself would provide that comic relief that audiences are looking for. And after some thinking and deliberating, I settled on the、uh, idea of a chair. And in order, if it provided that comic relief, the object really could have been anything like this plastic bottle or maybe even a cell phone.、Uh, but in order to really pull everything together, I wanted that object to be closely tied to our heroine's memories or something from her childhood. And in order to create that comical movement, we realized we needed some piece of furniture that has legs. <laughs> And myself personally, when I was a kid, my dad made a chair for me and, and、mm. gave it to me. So that was one of,、uh, one of my very cherished <laughs> memories、uh, of my dad. And it almost felt as though he gave me my own room, my own world at that point. And the entire point of this character was to provide comic relief. So the simple act of walking in and of itself needed to provide some humor. So, I wanted the audience to snicker every time they just see the chair walking, which is when I had the idea of, well, let's make him a little off balance and a little awkward. And we gave him three legs instead of four. 
And also the idea of taking a chair, which in its perfect form would have four legs, and reducing it to three is uh, a symbolic or a metaphor for Suzume's own heart and her mind, uh, because having lost her mother at such a young age, I think there is a huge void in, in her heart that is, uh, is missing. <laughs> As for the animation techniques, we applied uh, 3D CG techniques and made the shaders to give it a cel-shaded type of uh, look, which would make sure it seamlessly integrated into the rest of Suzume's world and, and movie. As for movement, we did reference a lot of Pixar <laughs> uh, films because, you know, especially Luxor Jr., when you think about how that, that movement works. Um, but the techniques itself were very traditional, similar to what I'm sure Pixar uses, where we rigged it as we would any type of object and, and made it move. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> One thing that also stood out in the film is the sound is yeah. wonderful here. Thank you. And, um, you know, we hear both with the chair, kind of the, the creaking in the wood, mm. but we also, every time we go to these abandoned locations, Suzume has to imagine what it would have sounded like, and we hear this, yes. the distorted voices of the world past. Tell me a little bit about working with the sound team to create hi, hi. the soundscape here. Hi.、はいはい。あの、サンドについておっしゃってくださったそのスズメがその廃墟とかでこう過去の音が聞こえてくるというふうにしたのは。as you very acutely pointed out, when Suzume travels to these different uh, abandoned locations, that she starts to hear voices from the past. That was a big element of that visual and audio expression because you know, we're dealing with the, the 2011 earthquake. And uh, the reason I say that is, uh, I know earlier I, I answered that I think the Japanese audience and, and myself were ready to express the 2011 earthquake because it's been 12 years, but just putting a tsunami or putting an earthquake, a very direct representation mm -hmm. of that on screen, I think would have been a little too shocking or too sensationalized that I decided to really encapsulate the 2011 earthquake through the medium of sound, and that was, I thought, the best medium to depict it. So you can imagine when Suzume is going through her diary, you hear her turning through the pages, and then there was the one page that was completely blacked out, and we start to hear the sirens and people's voices screaming through all of the, the calamity. And uh, once I had that scene in my mind, I kind of reverse engineered it, if you will, and then applied a similar technique or method of expression to the amusement park scene or the abandoned school, um, ultimately leading up to that moment where people are saying, oh, you know, which is, you know, have a good day and then I'll be off. That type of exchange that we have in, in our daily lives. And that, that, I think, was the ultimate setup. Uh, well, it sounded gorgeous, and the music is also stunning. So, thank you. And it's a, there's a wide array of music because there's a chase scene early on that's like a classic oh. jazz score. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so I would love to know a little bit about working with your composer to mm. create the score of Suzume. So this is it. Suzume no music is a Respect to the audio or music uh, expression in Suzume, uh, of course I worked with the Japanese rock band Brad Wimps and we've been working together ever since Your Name, so he's been a very central part of developing the music and the score for, for my films. But with Suzume we wanted to add an extra layer, so we worked with a Seattle-based composer named Jinochi, Jinochi-san, and he composes and scores a lot of films. 
And Rad Wimps, working with them is great because they always come up with this almost unexpected type of sound or music. Uh, the jazz scene that you referenced earlier uh, was Rad Wimps's suggestion. So when I initially saw it, I, I was kind of shocked. I was like, whoa, you know, what, where did this come from? But as we developed it, I began to see, ah, you know, this is what he was going for. And that's one way to, to get, invoke that emotion from, from the audience. Uh, but fundamentally, Rad Wimps is a rock band. So taking their music and composition and dropping it into a movie simply might produce something too sharp or maybe with too much edge uh, or vice versa. So Jinochi-san, who is scoring films all the time, he provided an extra sort of opinion or different angle to which, okay, when placed in the context of a movie theater and thinking about the audience's journey, maybe we need to soften this area or maybe we need to make this more dynamic and grand, etc. I read an interview recently where mm. you said, although you were honored to be compared to Miyazaki frequently, <laughs> you're a little tired of the comparison. <laughs> Who are some of your other big filmmaker inspirations? Filmmaker inspirations? Mm. Uh, not necessarily uh, a filmmaker, but I do feel a lot of influence in my creative process from the Japanese manga. Mm. And if you look at all the different manga, that exists right now, I think, you know, there's so many categories, so many different variants that, that really you can't find any comparison around the world. So I, I read manga daily to stay inspired. Mm-hmm. And if I had to bring up a name, it would be Daisuke Igarashi. And he isn't your typical manga artist that you would find in like Shonen Jump with all the <laughs> the adolescent boys that, that you, you imagine. It's more geared towards a mature audience. And there's one called uh, Kaiju no Kodomo, which translates to child of a kaiju or monster. And this is uh, much more of a spiritual journey for me. And that, that was one of my, uh, my favorites. And I think it was animated recently as well. Mm. And uh, if you constrain it to movie directors, uh, I would probably say uh, operating, of course, on a much different scale than me, and Christopher Nolan mm. comes to mind, as well as all the Disney Pixar films. I always have something that's uh, shocking and influential whenever I watch a Pixar film. But with respect to Nolan, I think it's his ability to combine our crazy artistic vision very very like razor sharp honed in and this massive you can see it's a very director centric film but at the same time he's mindful of the commercial success and global market that he needs to hit to make films on that scale so seeing how he directs and how he's able to release film for me as an artist it's uh, inspiring and uh, more recently, a director that, that uh, I had the chance to meet that is very uh, inspiring. I, I stopped by San Francisco on my way to Los Angeles, and we went to Disney Pixar. Mm. And the director of Elemental, Peter Song, uh, of course, the movie came out after Suzumi, so that's when I had the chance to, to see it. But it was really just amazing being able to, to talk to him and hear his side or his vision, but also the fact that as director, he's a second-generation born mm. Korean-American. <laughs> And as, uh, again, someone of Asian descent, not forgetting their roots, but also being mindful of this massive, massive market that he has to hit because uh, of the scale that they operate on. I think in, in some ways there might be some hints or nuggets there for that might inform my future path and what I need, where I need to go in, in the future. Okay. Well, I think we're about out of time, but it's been an honor talking to you, and thank you so much for sharing so much of your insight in this wonderful film. Thank you. Thank, yeah, thank you for asking. Of course. Thank you. 
Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the director and writer for Suzume, Makoto Shinkai, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Suzume is up for your consideration for this year's Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature Film and is available to stream right now on Crunchyroll. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.